try to take the stairs. I, I do go out for a walk at lunch. I sit at the beautiful gardens that we have here on property just to relax and enjoy a few minutes away from the stress of work at times. So I think for people and that we're, I'm very fortunate to work at an organization that uh, really supports wellness and the well-being of our employees. So that that's helpful, of course, to, to try those little things and get people to recognize that the little things do matter. You're listening to the She Is Fierce podcast. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She Is Fierce, a global women's network that elevates women's stories and gives you the tools and connections you need to live on purpose. On our podcast, you'll hear the inspiring stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who have overcome challenges and built purpose-filled lives. And you'll get a behind-the-scenes look at my mission-driven business and learn how to brand and grow your own. Hi, everyone. I am delighted to be back today with a fantastic episode all about how we incorporate wellness into our professional lives, both for ourselves and for our teams. So whether you're an entrepreneur or a business leader or a manager looking to increase your team's enthusiasm, maybe their mental well-being or general passion in your workplace, you may have experienced overwhelm in a few different ways. So you may have that feeling of overwhelm yourself. You may have a team member who struggled with burnout or maybe many team members who've struggled with burnout over the last few years, or you might have a general uh, lack of enthusiasm among your team members. So today, I'm so delighted to have Christine Cummings joining us. She is the Employee Health and Wellness Coordinator with our healthcare partners, Flagler Health Plus. Fitness, wellness, hospitality, client relations, she's done it all. And she has an MBA and a Bachelor of Exercise Science. So welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am excited to hear a little bit more of your story and to really talk about how we as professional women and men, right, uh, incorporate health and wellness into our busy lives, both personally, but also on an institutional level. Because I think that's something that many of us, especially people who are leaders in organizations or who actually have their own business, struggle with. How do you focus on yourself, focus on the well-being of people that are working with you, and get things done, right? That's a big challenge that many of us are dealing with. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know that better than anybody. So (laughs) you lead employee wellness internally within a healthcare company, Flagler Health Plus. So I'm excited to learn from you some of the really practical ways that you incorporate wellness into your workplace and what that looks like on a really large scale. Um, But first, as always, I want to ask you, will you share a little bit about yourself so that everyone listening has a chance to kind of get to know you before we get into the nitty gritty of what we should all be doing with ourselves? Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. So yeah, my story goes back, I figured I'd go back a ways in relationship to sport and physical activity. Um, I grew up in a family of athletes. So um For me, it started out at a young age and getting into physical activity and really learning about teamwork and sport and uh, and all the way back to high school, really. I mean, prior to that, I had played as well, but high school is kind of my primary area where I I focused in on um, physical activity. I had played soccer my entire childhood, got to um, high school, and I had actually uh, moved from 
Florida to Maine to be with my family in Maine, and I didn't have any friends going into high school. So as you can imagine, that was a bit challenging. Yeah. Um, so as I started out in high school, I had met a friend and started chatting with her, and she played basketball on the basketball team and had asked me to come watch her play one day. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll come do that. And it was an amazing experience because I didn't realize how good she was going to be at basketball. And at that time, the team, um, she was the first freshman to ever make varsity basketball. So I went, watched her play some. And as I was doing that, um, the coach realized that I had an interest and had asked me if I would be willing to, to come out and be the manager of the team. <clears throat> and so I had never played basketball in my life. I started just kind of being around it. I had um, was the manager, giving them their water bottles and all that fun stuff. And our team was actually so good that they had to bring in some boys to practice, to play against the starting players, just to get them to be better. And so when they did that one you know, day, they asked me if I would play with the boys because they didn't have enough people. So I did, and I started playing. And, and the more I played, the better I liked it. And uh, over that time, my friend um, started teaching me some skills, and I learned those skills. And um, so the next year, which was my sophomore year, I maintained being um, the, the rest of that year being the manager and continued to um, get my skills up. And by my junior year, I decided to try out for the team. And I did make the varsity team, but sat on the bench the whole year. And I made the JV team and was able to play on that team. And during that time, just again, got my skills up and, you know, all the things that you learn in teamwork and, and um, being a part of a team, what that looked like. And by the time I was a senior, I was now getting better and wanted to be on the starting team, right? And so I was vying for a position with one other player. She and I went back and forth. She'd play, she'd be in the starting position one week, I'd be the next, depending on how we did in practice. And eventually um, I was able to, to get that, you know, better and did well enough to, to be the starting. And I always call myself the fifth player, but people always wonder what that means. And that's what that means. Um, so I was kind of that unsung hero, if you will, of the fifth player and, and got out on the team and played. And um, during that year, um, it was pretty phenomenal in women's basketball. This was back in 1989. Um, women at that time, you know, girls, I guess. Um, yeah not really a woman yet, but um, uh, we actually had more fans in the stand for us than the boys team did because That's we were awesome. so good, um, which was awesome. And so we had um, gone on to the state championship game and in that game, which was pretty phenomenal. So they, the other team strategized that they would um, not play on me so much because I was kind of not as good as the starting players, other starting players. And so they double teamed our main star player. Didn't mm -hmm. play on me. So the first um, time out on the court, I, I shot the, I got the ball and shot a basket and made it. And so that was they weren't expecting that. So then the next time down the court, the same thing happened. And I did again. Well, now they had to play me. Yeah. And so needless to say, that screwed up their whole game plan. And they ended up playing against, um, you know, us and we ended up beating them by two points. So my four points actually mattered in that game. Um, and so we won the state championship that year. And so that's like, the, I would say one thing that really formulated my um, passion for wellness and health and, and being in the world of, you know, a team environment where you could really help each other, support each other as women, as young girls. And, you know, we had 2000 people in the fans, fans, we were on television. This was like a big deal, you know, back in that day. So, um, so yeah, that really helped me. And then when I went on to college, I didn't, I went to the University of Connecticut. And if you know anything about them, they're pretty phenomenal at basketball. So oh, I didn't yeah. play on their team, but um, <laughs> I got to know some of the players, but I, I did get into the area of exercise science at that time and really started learning about nutrition, fitness, wellness, how to help other people um, stay healthy and um, be well in, in their lives and, and 
made that into a career over 20, the past 25 years. So that's kind of my basic story of what I've done um, and really proud of the fact that our, our team was pretty phenomenal. And I do want to add one thing. We recently in 2021, they had in the state of Maine, they decided to put out to all of the state to vote for who was the best all-time basketball team for girls because our our coach was pretty phenomenal. Three of our, mm-hmm. two of our players and our coach got inducted into the Maine State Hall of Fame. Wow. So they did because he had so many winning teams, not just our year, but yeah. many years. And so they voted the 1989 girls team as the best team. And, and I was part of that. So that was pretty phenomenal. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I love that story. I love that you have such a clear I know it's a few couple of years, a few years, but yeah. a moment in time that for right. you kind of encapsulated like this is why this is meaningful to me and kind of built that up. I think that's such a cool um, story to reflect on, but also something that kind of, I'm sure keeps you motivated, right? Like having that energy behind all of these things that you're doing. Um, and I love that um, as a female athlete myself, I played uh, in high school and and in college and I, I never, I don't think we ever had 2000 fans in the audience. So I'm very <laughs> impressed with that. Let me say that. Yeah. And, um, but also like the statistics around female leadership and the number of female leaders that are um, athletes is right. staggering, right? So knowing, right. Um, and also as a mom, like I find that very inspiring to kind of, you know, get my kids and my daughter in particular out there. Um, so thank you. That's awesome. You're welcome. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Well, so turning a little bit to what you're doing now and how you kind of bring that enthusiasm and all of those learnings into what you do today, can you talk us through what you do at Flagler Health Plus and then also maybe some of the programs that you've been leading that you're really proud of? Happy to do that. Yeah, I'm very blessed because I um, am in an area where I get to help everybody every day in the um, employee health and wellness field. And as you know, being in the world of healthcare hasn't been easy for a lot of people and and taking care of ourselves as health professionals is not always number one. It's always taking care of other people. So I get to be on a team of both employee health and wellness to help support all of our employees here. And what I do every day is a combination job, which I love, which is I do one-on-one wellness coaching with any employee that wants to work with me and help them on their journey wherever they are now to wherever they want to be in the future around health and well-being. A combination of, you know, just one-on-one. Sometimes we walk together. Sometimes we go over to the gym together and I help them with the type of exercise that would help them best. And other times we just sit in the office and and chat about what their needs are and and help them set goals and help them prioritize um, themselves and their life around health and well-being. So that's probably about half of my job. And the other half is to bring programs that to the masses, right? So being able to have more people involved. And I would say I've been here just over a year, about a year and a half, and we've done um, a couple different weight loss challenges, which have been super fun and um, very motivating for people. And I've, I've had people come, in fact, tell me once the weight loss challenge ends, they want like the next one. And so that being able to keep them motivated um, uh, during that time, making it slightly competitive, but really about individual health and well-being. Um, we've also most recently just ended on doing uh, a stair challenge. We do a lot of step challenges. So we get people motivated by using their tracking device and, and they'll earn points through that system. And those points are then redeemable for what paid time off. And who doesn't want that? That's a great opportunity as I'll well. As, <laughs> all right. As well as money off their health insurance. So so those are some great motivated motivators that we add. But um, certainly there's lots of opportunity there for people to add in different ways to motivate people. But for us um, with this challenge we just had um, 
We had almost 300 people join in on it. And just to do something different, we have lots of stairs in the hospital to get people used to taking the stairs was my primary goal. When I first got here, I was noticing how many people took the elevator and um, not necessarily the stairs at work. And so getting them to even want to do that. So we kind of created a challenge around that and and developed like different levels of stairs based on monuments in the United States. Mm -hmm. So the first one, in fact, actually was to climb the St. Augustine Lighthouse. And so, and in fact, we got so motivated that we had 50 of the participants actually go to the lighthouse and climate. It was supposed to be a virtual event, but we made it an actual (laughs) event. And so um, we've had that um, part of it where it's not just about the individual, but people get into that team again, bringing that back into the world of health and well-being people enjoy, as you probably do. If you go out for a walk with a friend, it's a different experience than you maybe walk by yourself. So we have lots of different opportunities going on. um, And uh, I won't speak to the next one yet, but um, we have a fun one coming up in June. And and, uh, just really with it, when it comes to step challenges, those are kind of an easy way because most people do walk. And so getting them, and if they don't, we do have an opportunity for them if they do other types of physical activity to get their points doing that in place of walking. So those are kind of what we do here. You're implementing something that many leaders are trying to implement across their companies, right? Whether it's a Fortune 500 company or whether it's small business. Right. Um, I think as I kind of shared in, in the introduction, I think so many of us are like, how can I make sure the people that I'm working with feel good physically, feel good emotionally, you know, are excited about being present in the work, but also are, are well as humans, right? Like on a, right. On a right. basic level. And, um, and so I think it's, it's very cool to hear that within a healthcare company, right, which um, you have people that are working across the spectrum, right, all of these different types of healthcare. And yet so much about wellness is the simple things, right? So the like taking steps, the tracking, so much of what I think on a basic level, when we're talking about maintaining or kind of getting to like a baseline of health is. I think seems a lot simpler than it it feels like it should be and right. yet is so much more meaningful, right? So right. will you kind of share a little bit about your perspective on that and maybe the difference between like these large scale programs versus simple things that maybe get more people involved and actually tracking their progress and actually getting results? Right. Yeah. And I think I think you have to meet people where they're at. And a lot of times people get overwhelmed if they have like one more thing to do in life. So finding finding ways that we do simplify it, whether it's like you mentioned, the the tracking device. Um, But even if somebody doesn't want that, um, trying to find alternative ways that they can participate. Um, We do a lot of education as well. We provide lunch and learns that we do with our employees where we'll bring them in on a specific topic if we know that that there's interest in that. Um, We do also have an app that we use that um, our participants do get tracking not only their steps, but other aspects. So there's little tips, daily tips of, you know, whether it's how to, you know, get up off your chair while you're sitting for an hour and a half and and doing some slight exercises, bits and pieces here and there. And I think that's the biggest thing is recognizing that that health and well-being, of course, physical wellness is only one aspect of that. We know there's lots of other aspects. In fact, this month is mental health month. So we're doing a lot with that as well and trying to get people to to take care of themselves and like recognize that there is such a thing as self-care and and how do you do that in a work environment? And uh, we are actually this week doing an event on that in the hospital where we're asking people to kind of fill out for um, prizes, fill out how do you prioritize yourself, you know, during the day, 
for mm-hmm. self-care at, in the work environment. And, and it stumped a few people. They're like, how do I do that? So the ability to connect with people. I, I mean, I think it sounds like a really fun job, right? So creating It's an amazing people. job. <laughs> and also working with real people, right? So instead right. of just seeing the scale, you also get a chance to right. see um, how people are making progress day to day and also be there for them when maybe they're falling off the wagon right. or falling off the enthusiasm level or whatever that is. Um, so can you talk a little bit about what that looks like for you? So how you keep sure. the people on your team motivated to work on their wellness, but also more like, as you said, shared, it's mental health month, right? So right. how to, or how you approach working with people when they are in that place of like, I want help. Right. And I know I have to be here, but also, ugh, like I'm busy. <laughs> Right. I do right. feel like every woman I, I talk to, whether it's someone within Chia Spheres or just another mom at the school or a friend from college, everyone is like, oh, I have too much. Right. right. So when we talk about adding something to the plate, I think we, we become overwhelmed. Right. And so right. what does that look like for you as a wellness professional to help people kind of step out of that mindset and into making real progress? Right, for sure. Well, that's a great question. And and so what I do is certainly, but you know, when people reach out to me, they're already in that first phase of kind of making a decision, which is great, um, because when they're not reaching out, then then they're just doing what they're doing, right? So the fact that they're reaching out, I know there's a slight motivation to make some type of change. And so really, it is exploring with them, you know, what are the barriers um, that they have in their life that prevent them from making some of the changes. So when I meet, I talk with people about first off, what is their vision around health and well being for them? themselves because everybody is different. And if you have a vision of whether it's losing weight or whether it's just getting stronger or whether it's being there for your grandkids or for your children, whatever that looks like, kind of exploring that vision first with them and helping them understand that part of their goals that they'll create is really around getting them towards that that longer term vision. And it could be six months out, a year out, could be three years out. It's just a journey that we're on. So finding ways that people can look at that journey and say, okay, this is my vision for my Myself, first off, and within that vision, I know that um, there's going to be obstacles. There, but what are those things that motivate me through the obstacles? So really focusing in on the motivators with people and and having them internalize those because I'm only meeting with them maybe once a week or or once a month, depending on the scenario. And so they have to create that for themselves that they really do want to make that change. And and um, you did speak to this, and I and I'll speak to the idea of prioritization, right? So we all have 24 hours in a day and, and everybody has their, their stories of, of busyness, especially women in business. It's very challenging. And so how do you, and when you have, I've had people come to me with four kids and I'm like, I don't know how you do that, but you've got all this going on. And so, so how do you then make that a priority? Cause I do have people who have, you know, profoundly busy lives that still make themselves a priority and it might only be 15, 20 minutes a day, but it's better than, than zero minutes a day. So, and, and just getting up off the couch and being more mindful of, of, of the amount of time that you are sitting and being more mindful of the foods that you put in your mouth. And so those are all things we chat about and just help them, you know, on their journey. And everybody has the ebbs and flows, myself included. Um, lots of times I go backwards and how do I get back forward? And, and that's just part of what I help people and coach them through. So um, you touched on something that is like one of my favorite topics. Everyone who knows me well knows this. And it was the um, the idea of like people bringing their vision, right? Like this is the vision that I have for where I'm going. And then also um, you didn't say this, but I kind of heard this underlying theme that I love, which is around like the purpose, right? The purpose and why uh, people are showing up to talk to you, but also the purpose and what you're doing. Right. Can you share a little bit about 
kind of two parts, like how you incorporate a sense of purpose into what you're doing, but also, you know, how you define purpose and what that looks like in, in your life. Sure, sure. So let's see, that's always a, a big question, isn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, you know, and for me, purpose, honestly, is really about like, what is it that motivates me to get up every day? What is it that that um, drives me to be in the job that I'm in or in, in the relationships that I'm in, whatever that looks like. And so, um, of course, you know, part of that in my world is, is finding joy and fulfillment in life, right? So if we don't have that, we probably aren't feeling good about ourselves. And, and in that, um, you know, when I think about that, I think about what am I most passionate about, right? Because if I spend my time in doing things that I'm interested in, and I'm passionate about, and I care about, then more than likely I'm going to be more fulfilled and, and, and joyous. And so for me, um, having, you know, my past history, my story that I talked about, um, I really do um, support being in a team environment. So that's number one. That's why I have actually had my own business at a period of time, but I re really, I loved aspects of it, but I didn't love not being part of a full team. So having that teamwork is, is important to me and, and having people relationships in my life that I find very valuable, whether it's my, my spouse, my, my family, my friends, and of course, my clients that I work with. And so having those employees that I build relationships with is an important part of my purpose. And, and in that purpose is really to help them. And I get so much gratitude and joy out of helping them make steps in their lives that make their life better, right? The healthier, healthier we are and the changes that we make to be healthier, we feel better about ourselves and, and we tend to have a better quality of life, right? So yeah. for me, it's just such an, an, it's an amazing thing to do really is to say, this is what I get to do for my, to make money off of helping other people be well. I mean, it, what an amazing passion and, and purpose. And that's my purpose anyway. And, uh, um, and, you know, I, I, I actually did an exercise and thinking about purpose and I was like, okay, what are my passions? And I would say certainly health and well-being, certainly helping other people. And I would say my third one is really around um, travel and being outdoors and those kinds of things. So how do you explore kind of all of that together and, and helping people? And that's a big part of what I get people to do is recognize they can step away, like even on a daily basis outdoors, they have a beautiful environment. So get outside and, and enjoy the weather a little bit for yourself, for your well-being, your mental health and your physical health. So um, so yeah, that's, I would say in a nutshell, that's kind of my purpose. And I am fortunate that I have a very positive outlook on life. So finding finding joy is, is a little bit easier for me in that sense. But I certainly um, do find that when I help other people and hear them with their story of saying, oh, I lost, you know, 50 pounds, and I feel so much better. And and they'll tell me that they've told their doctor it's all because of me. I'm like, well, it wasn't really because of me. <laughs> I was. I, well, I, you're I clearly an important work. doctor if they're bringing, <laughs> bringing you into it. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is very cool. And I love hearing uh, women talk about the fact that you've actually done an exercise, right? And to kind of think about your passion and purpose. We actually have a passion and purpose challenge and she is fierce. And kind of to your point, it's the kind of thing where people say to me like, I did that four years ago and then I didn't really do anything. And then it came back to me and all of a sudden I took this huge like leap into something. Right. And, um, and that to your point, like uh, in a completely different way is such a cool experience for me to be able to hear people say, you know, I made this life-changing decision because I did the challenge, but also because to your point, I just sat down and thought about like what actually matters and was intentional and thought about that vision, whether it's about right. your wellness or just kind of about your bigger picture of where you're going in life. Um, so I think that's such a cool thing to have done. And yeah. also um, something that I just encourage everybody who listens <laughs> to this to think about and do. Um, all right. So now I want to ask you, uh, 
a more challenging question. You just said you find joy in everything, but, um, but what are some of the struggles that you've had to overcome, you know, on a personal level, but also, you know, as somebody who I know from working with literally thousands of women, I think you probably have too. um, everybody brings something different to the table. So some people you're, you can, you get into a meeting with them and you're like, yep, I can see, I know exactly where this person is going. And then other people you're like, how, how can I help? Right. And it's, it's more of a struggle to kind of figure out the right path or, or be of, of real help to that person. So can right. you share a little bit about what struggle looks like for you, both as an individual, but also as a healthcare professional trying right. to help again, like on a large scale, I think there's something significant about what you do working, not just as a health coach, right. Which is mm-hmm. it amazing calling in itself, but also like on a larger scale, reaching a larger number of people. Right. Right. Yeah. And and that does pose a whole different challenge, of course. Um, You know, I think one thing that I try to do is um, recognize that I come from a different background. So the fact that I was um, privileged to be in sport and, and that was an area that I had interest and passion. And I recognize not everybody has that. Um, I have very good genetics. I'm fortunate with that. Um, So I recognize that when people um, work with me, that I'm not always on the same pages them in terms of their health and well-being. And so really being able to understand, like, it's not my journey, it's your journey. And the fact that, you know, if you, whether it's that individual or group of individuals that want something um, created for them, being able to understand, okay, what is it that is going to motivate them individually and collectively to accomplish whatever they're setting out to do. And so, you know, as, as far as challenges go, the irony is that, you know, the same struggles that are in somebody's head that maybe wants to lose a lot of weight, or maybe that um, is suffering from a medical condition or has a lot of pain, all of those things still go through my head too, which is interesting because from a standpoint of, you know, having over the years, you know, gone through weight loss and, and, and weight gain and, and like, what does that look like? And, and, and mentally, how do you take care of yourself in a space where, you know, I, I like school tweets, you know, that's just a thing. So how how do you do that? How do you do that? And how do you um, come out and still like enjoy? That's the other part is, and I believe my belief is that and having done a lot of studies and read a lot of studies and heard a lot of things and and uh, over the years that I don't believe that we should cut foods out of our diet, for example, because then people crave those foods and and there's something more to the food than just the nutrition, right? There's there's lots that goes into that. So for me, there's that ability to kind of try to relate to people where they're at and understand that that I may not be where they're at and that's okay. But um, having them also recognize that you know everybody suffers challenges. It's not just you know you as an individual, and, and I think that that's often helpful as being relatable and being understanding of their their situation and, and obviously being compassionate. And then on more of that question you asked about the global level of the bigger picture stuff, um, you know, being able to really um, encourage as a company and as a, a culture that health and well-being is important. And here's what we're going to do as a company to support you. And in those moments, listening to what they really want in terms of whether it's, you know, not everybody's going to want to do a stair challenge, but that's okay. The next challenge might be something they're more interested in. So kind of having that good flexibility of things that you know you're going to get 
the majority of people somehow involved and engaged in some type of activity that helps them around their health and well-being. So that's yeah. kind of what I look at it as that challenge, that overall challenge of, of you know, the more, and that's always my challenge is, can we get more people involved? How do we get more people involved? And so um, I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's also, so much of it is word of mouth, right? So when somebody has a really good experience, that next person is um, going to talk about that with their friend at work and say, oh, well, did you do this? Or I did that. And here's how it works. And so, um, and that's been a big part. And just to speak to this as well, I this year we started a, a wellness champions committee. And so this has been a big undertaking where we decided to put it out to all of our organizations to say, hey, are you willing to donate a bit of your time to be able to be part of this um, champions committee where basically you'll be at exactly that word of mouth of what's going on to your departments, your areas, and help promote wellness. And, and so we have 17 people, all different departments, um, all different levels of, of what their position is helping us out. We actually have our next meeting today, um, this afternoon. So we meet together and just talk about what we've done and get ideas from them. So it's not just all about me and my ideas. So I think that's a big part of like how I help to overcome that challenge of making it bigger, continuing to make it bigger and bigger than just me is what my goal is. So um, you already started answering my next question, which is <laughs> what advice do you have for institutional leaders, right? So um, if you were meeting with a group of CEOs across many different industries, what advice would you have for them on how to implement programs like the ones that you've shared and get meaningful results? Because I know, I mean, we we worked with a lot of different companies and I've seen everything from, um, you know, people saying, not necessarily just about wellness, but about a leader saying, we're doing this thing. And then nobody in the company even knows it exists, right? Right. And then a leader saying, we're doing this thing. And then everybody in the company is like diehard, super behind it, thrilled to be a part of it. And there is not necessarily less of an intention on one CEO's part versus the other CEO or one leader's part versus another leader. And so there's real strategy that goes into how you get people into these programs, excited about these programs, how you make these things work institutionally. So what advice would you have if you were, you know, in, a, in front of a large group of people and trying to get them, as you said, one of your, your goals is to reach more people. Right. How would you get them to be more successful in, in making those things happen? Right, right. Well, having worked at a lot of different organizations, I think um, one of the big things is really um, hoping and, and developing a leadership team that that does have that buy-in to health and well-being, like first and foremost. And and in healthcare, it's a little bit easier for us because we already start in that that spectrum of feeling like, okay, we, we have sick people in our hospital, we want to be well. So it's kind of an easy, easy thing for for our leaders to to buy into. So um, particularly the highest level of leadership, if they're if they're minimally like buying into health and well-being, it starts from them and it spreads very much easier than if, if you're trying to force it up the chain. So that's a big part of it. And we're really fortunate to have our team here very much into wellness. Um, and also recognizing that it doesn't have to be like big spend, right? So that's the other piece for a lot of companies is they they don't want to, you know, may, may have tight budgets and they're trying to, to make money. But recognizing that, you know, sometimes it is you have a core group of people that are interested in health and well-being already in your employee employment, right? And so yeah. those people, you tap into them them as a resource, like doing the Wellness Champions Committee is one way. Um, sometimes just having a walking group at work where somebody might champion that, uh, that piece or a bike group or whatever that might be. And you just 
start small um, with very little funds, if any, and then over time that starts to grow and you start seeing results. And then as an organization, if you recognize that there is value not only to your employees' health and well-being, but also to your bottom line, um, yeah. knowing that um, for every dollar you spend in, in health and wellness, you're probably going to get close to a $3 return on your investment through savings, especially if you're self-insured, your company is self-insured. Um, so being able to recognize that those dollars are meaningful, even if you don't tangibly see it showing up, you're seeing it in the well, well-being, you're having better productivity of your employees, they're more engaged, they like being there more. Um, I can't tell you how many people have told me that. In fact, I had somebody just retire from here that left and purpose stopped by to tell me she didn't coach with me but she was part of our programs and said how meaningful they were and that that's one of the big things she's going to miss is not having that you know fitness component every day that she works on so um so I of course encourage her that this is her journey to continue on with but um but yes I think that that's a big part of it for uh, leaders to recognize that that it doesn't have to be a huge spend it can be starting small start with those people who are already passionate about it get their ideas brewing and and that you know things start organically and next thing you know you have a great program that you know more and more people are involved in I mean what a great compliment to have somebody stop by and tell you that (laughs) that's such an awesome thing so um as we kind of wrap up this conversation, I want to ask you two things. And the first one is, and I think you might've just answered it again, you're, you're on it with the answers, but, um, but it's how you stay motivated, right? So you've been doing this for a long time. You shared this, this journey kind of began for you in high school. So how do you stay motivated when there's a lot to do? And frankly, with health, as you said, people are kind of, we're all doing that. We're going back and forth, back and forth. So how do you kind of keep yourself motivated to, to keep people moving forward? Yeah, so you know, it's it has ebbed and flowed, of course, like anybody in their career. Um, I think for me, you know, it goes back to that purpose and passion, of course, that that I I do get gratification from helping others, and and oftentimes when I help one person, it helps multiple people, right? Because it's helping their whole family, it's helping you know all of their friends, and so to me, even though I don't often hear directly, like, you know, occasionally it's somebody stopped by my office, but that's not an often thing. I just know because I've experienced it myself. I've gone in times for myself where where I haven't been as healthy in, in my behaviors, and I've recognized how that impacts myself day to day, how it impacts my mental health, how it impacts my relationships. And so the fact that I've experienced that myself, I think often, you know, leads me to a space where I know when I've gone down those paths that I can always more easily for myself, because I know that I have the tools and skills to get back out of it. And so being human about it, recognizing that I too am that that person that's going to fall off occasionally, but recognizing that the motivation comes from within because I know that I'm helping other people and I know that it does impact their lives and that they, in fact, you know, end up having, you know, in many, many ways, uh, phone calls with me of, of thanking me for the time that, that I've spent with them, because it's not, it's not something that they necessarily would have sought out themselves. And that's why having it be part of an employment is really nice to do, because they may not think, oh, I, I need to go to a coach and, and get these services. But uh, for me, I was able to, to create a career that that does help people and, and, it, and it keeps me going. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, so as we kind of finish our conversation, I want to ask you, a big question, and that is, um, is there any, or do you have any kind of words of wisdom that you would want to leave the women that are listening to our conversation with um, as they go on, uh, kind of turn this off and go on about their day? Is there anything that you would really want to leave them with a message? Sure. Um, so I, I think one thing is, you know, self-care and taking care of yourself is often put 
on the back burner and and how do we be how do we do that in a way where we don't feel like we're slighting somebody else in our lives, like especially our children, because they should be number one in your mind or, or our spouses or significant others or friendships. And so how do you do that? And sometimes it's trying to incorporate them into it with you, like being able to say, okay, let's have it a family activity day so that it isn't exclusive to you just taking yourself away from them. Um, so I think that's a big part of it and recognizing that that all of us do come with a, a lot in our lives and being able to know that that when you um, challenge yourself and be able to say, okay, let me set this vision and let me really uh, try to accomplish that goal, that, you know, you can do it. And, and looking back on my life, I can tell you that was only one story of my, my childhood. I have many stories where I consider myself kind of the most improved player, not necessarily always the leader. And mm -hmm. so being able to recognize, you know, improvement is what it's all about, like being able to improve yourself, whether it's mentally, spiritually, whatever that looks like for your total well-being. Um, I think that's that's the message that I'd like to leave that you don't have to be perfect at it. You just have to try to improve, really. Well, that's a beautiful sentiment to end on. So I'm so grateful to you. Um, Christine Cummings, Employee Health and Wellness Coordinator from Flagler Health Plus. Thank you again for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the She Is Fierce podcast. Join our community of fierce female leaders and women on the rise who are ready to level up, make more money, find more joy, and make their mark in the world inside our She Is Fierce membership, our high-level CEO mastermind circle for entrepreneurs, or at one of our sold-out live events. Choose how you want to get involved at sheisfiercehq.com.